0: Okay. Now let me just tell you some life insurance. Now there's three things you need to remember about life insurance, and it's the three P's. You know what they are? Come on, price, price, price. Do you know the believers received a new name? Yeah. This morning I want to talk to you about this. It all began in Antioch. And remember the three Ps, please remember that, because that's going to be important this morning. It all began in a, a Greek city. How did it happen? Well, this is what I want us to look at. This is what I want us to explore. And I want us to see how it fits into our lives. You see, now many of us have seen the insurance commercial that I just shared with you. You know, and that it's—they always say it's the three P's: price, price, price. There's a ministry that uh, I heard about some some weeks ago, and they have the three P's. They use the three P's, and it's what was it? Um, Praise, 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 yeah, praise, prayer, and pasta. So they have praise singing, and then they have prayer together, and they finish up by having pasta. But this morning, my message is called the four Ps. I'm going to take it one more level. You see, because I believe these four words tell the story. It's not like any kind of life insurance you've ever gotten before. This life insurance is far better. And the four P's are persecution, preaching, power, and proof. You see, I believe we have to follow this trail of P's to the truth through God's Word. So we see here, and if you got your Bibles, Acts chapter 11. I think I might have forgotten to give you the verse this morning. But Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Now they that which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phenis and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but but to the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene which when they were come to Antioch spake unto the the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they set forth Barnabas, that he should go forth as far as Antioch, who, when he came, had seen the grace of God. He was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, a full and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people were added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tyrus or Tarsus, excuse me, for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I pray, Lord God, this morning, show us how we can become alive, how we can become powerful, how we can be used by the Holy Ghost, Father, to reach the world that we live in today. In Jesus' name. So we see here in reading in Acts that Stephen was the cause of the scattering of those who had learned about the Lord. They... They understood what it was. If you actually go back to Acts chapter seven and verses fifty-four to sixty, you, it talks about this. Which of the prophets have not your father persecuted, and they have slain them, which showed you before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have not, have who have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of the angels, and have not kept it. When they had heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But being full of the Holy Ghost... He looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. And then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. All these things began to happen And all this began to spread. And so those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ began to scatter to, to other cities. Why? For fear they were going to be persecuted. You see, Stephen had a great testimony here. Think about that this morning. Next time somebody starts casting stones at you, look up to heaven and see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You have nothing to fear. You see, our faith lies in the Lord Jesus Christ. If Jesus wants you here, there's nothing that can take you away from here. But if Jesus wants you there, there's nothing that can keep you here. This attack, church, was not just about Stephen. This attack attack was to... It was intended to destroy the church. See, they thought if they could get these people to be in fear and to scatter, they would stop talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. But it actually worked the opposite. The opposite happened. Believers were scattered, causing church growth. I think if the Pharisees and the Sadducees would have thought for a moment, they wouldn't have done what they did. See, they could have contained everything. But there's one thing we cannot contain. You know what that is? The Holy Ghost. You cannot contain the Holy Ghost. You see, when that Holy Ghost rises up in you, you begin to use the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, and you begin to speak the words of God to other people, and they want what you have. It's not something that's meant to be contained. The Bible wasn't designed just for Lynn. By herself. The Bible wasn't designed for Dick himself. The Bible was designed that the whole world may know about Jesus Christ. We're to minister where we are. We should scatter weekly and spread the gospel. We should be like those who... Remember what Stephen had gone through and when the church had scattered, when the people had scattered. We should be scattering. We should be like the little ants. My wife, I got, when I got home yesterday, she said, oh, it was terrible. There was a big ant in the sink. I said, a big ant in the sink? She said, yeah, I don't know where it came from. There was a big ant in the sink. She said, you can see all this little individual body thing parts. And how big it was. And I said, well, what'd you do? Because she don't like bugs. She said, well, I turned the water on and I let it go down the drain. I said, well, that's no good. He'll come back up. She said, no, he won't because then I turned on the chopper. (laughs) I said, you're an egg killer. We don't need an exterminator. Just put the ants in the sink and turn on the chopper. She made sure it wasn't coming back. But we have the optimistic daughter who says, well, what if the choppers are too far apart and the ant just kind of slid between them? She said, I let it run for a little while, so I don't think he slid between the little, little things. You see, church, churches are planted where believers fled. All these places where these believers scattered to, churches were planted, and the gospel began to be spread. Churches began to grow, and much were added to the church. They were added because of the preaching in verse 20. At Antioch, something new happened. All the preaching had only been to the Jews. Guess what? This didn't fulfill the, the Great Commission, did it? Because the preaching wasn't just for the Jews, but it was for all. We're reminded in Matthew about the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Jesus came unto them and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them, what? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You see, they began to preach to the Gentiles. I I can only imagine what it must have been like. The the exuberance of fire that flowed from their mouth because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost that fell upon them. And as they began to preach the gospel to all these Gentile people and they began to understand what it is to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved and to be born again. I believe this same preaching is very important to the future of the church. You know, we're reminded throughout Scripture that even the very elect shall be deceived. That's why it's so very important that we stick to the truths of God's Word. Standing on the promises of who? Of Christ my Lord. You see, we stand on the promises. We stand upon the Word. You see, the Word is my solid foundation. It's my rock. It's that what I lean upon. It's that what I receive from. It's that which, which feeds me and helps me to grow. None of us are perfect. When you were born, you just laid around and cried. You wanted something? You cried. You wanted to eat? You cried. You wanted your diaper change? You cried. You could not fend for yourself. We're all babies. I'm telling you right now, we're all babies. Because none of us can fend for ourselves. We need Jesus to help us. And if we don't have Jesus to help us, how do we get along? We need His strength. We need His guidance. We need His leadership we, and to have all that, we must be devoted to the Word of God. He's given us a book in which to live our lives by. Antioch became the second center of outreach. You see, everything began to grow and expand. But none of this could happen if we didn't look at verse 21 and it talks about the power in which they did it in. The hand of the Lord was what was with them. A great number believed and turned to the Lord. These had been pagan idolaters. And now they were born again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I said last week, no matter what you're going through, God has it. When we begin to focus on God's word, we understand he has it. The word of happenings began to spread. The news had already gone back to Jerusalem and Barnabas was sent to teach the new converts. Now, I'm sure he was just going there to kind of maybe experience a revival. But it wasn't so. He had to go get Paul and bring and bring Saul back. And what did they do? They had to stay there a whole year teaching and preaching and sharing with those in the church so that they would grow and that they could go outside of themselves and and they could preach and reach more people. Barnabas was filled with a, uh, was a a spirit-filled man. He was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and faith. I don't know about you, but those are the kind of friends I want. I want the kind of friends who are filled with the Holy Ghost and of faith. Without faith, what do you have? It's impossible to please God. So I have to stand on God's word. No matter how I get rattled, no matter what you go through, no matter what you may experience, you have to have the faith to trust God, to believe that he is going to carry you through. Barnabas sent for Saul to assist in the teaching. Barnabas and Paul were there for a year developing the church. They hadn't expected to stay so long, but God's blessings were so great they couldn't leave. You see, this was the fourth P, proof. They had proof that the Holy Ghost was working. What was the proof? The church was growing. The Word of God was being developed into the lives of those people who didn't know, who didn't understand. Church, we're a people who don't understand a lot of things. I don't understand medical science. I don't understand sometimes when these doctors use these Long words that I think they made up. I don't know. Come on. Some of these words, I think they use every letter in alphabet. And somehow they turn it into a word. I don't have to understand. I just have to have faith to believe that my Lord Jesus Christ is going to make it happen. And I have to understand that if it doesn't work to my advantage, if it doesn't work out the way I think it should work out, I still have to trust Jesus because he knows best. I may not like it. I may not agree with it. But I have faith to believe that he knows best, whatever it may be. You see, the lives were changed, and many knew it because people were seeing the transformation of lives. When you came to the Lord Jesus Christ and you changed, people began to see the change in their life. I will be honest with you this morning, I was very critical of somebody this week. A young man who goes to another church, used some words that, I would never choose to use and in that same part of speaking he said I'm going to church tonight I said well if anybody needs church it's you and he was like what (laughs) now that was being a little judgmental wasn't it He said, why would you say such a thing? I said, because I think God wants to talk to you about that language you're using. I think he needs to talk to you about the character of what you portray. Because th- please don't tell people you're going to church when you talk like that. I said, because they're going to think Jesus talks like that. And Jesus, the Jesus I serve don't talk like that. He doesn't even have those kind of thoughts run through his mind. He said, well, it sounds like you're judging me. I said, no, sir, I'm not judging you. The word of God says you'll know them by their fruits. I said, and right now you look like a squash grape. Maybe a prune. I said, when we confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we need to do everything we can To show the world who he really is and the only way you can show the world who Jesus Christ really is is by letting him be the example in your life that means we must walk like him we must talk like him we must act like him now I know some people don't like to act like Jesus and I know some people don't like to talk like Jesus some people don't even want to walk like Jesus Because that's a very heavy walk. And your life must produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And some people don't like that. But we see here that these changed lives brought them a new name. It brought you a new name. And that's a Christian. Christ-like. So i believe there's three things that we must ask ourselves that we must answer to ourselves we must work out through ourselves and the first is are you a christian you see that's the first question we have to ask ourselves and we must ask ourselves in all seriousness am i a christian am i somebody who lifts up the lord am i somebody who praises the lord Am I somebody who trusts what God's Word says? Do I live by faith? Do I let the Lord exhort through me? Do do I allow Him to work through me? The next question is, do others know it? Do others know that you are a Christian by your walk, by your talk, by your actions? By your deeds. Do they know who you are? You see, because some people, they love Jesus. They worship him on Sunday morning. They raise their hands. They praise the Lord. And they're so eager to get into the word, so excited to hear the word that's going to flow from the Holy Spirit into their lives to get them through to the next week. But soon as they leave this church, tucked the bible under the seat of the car and they shh, mum's the word we don't say anything about jesus outside of the church we don't say anything to anybody else about what god did sunday for me or what god did monday for me or what god did tuesday for me or wednesday or thursday or friday or saturday We don't tell anybody, because they'll think what I said last week. Oh, there's one of those tongue-talking, holy rollers, pew-jumping, screaming Christians. (laughs) We don't let anybody know that we're a Christian. We don't let anybody know that we have God living inside of us. Because we don't want people to make fun of us or mock us or get used to it. Because Jesus said, they hated me first. They're going to hate you too. I'm okay with that. You know why? Because I can hold my head up and I can read the word of God. And I can know that if I don't have another friend in the world, I have a friend in Jesus. If I don't have another person in the world to talk to, I have Jesus. If I don't have another person to trust, I have Jesus. And that's okay. He's my sole desire. I want my life to be pleasing unto him. It doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what people think. It always matters to me what Jesus thinks. And it matters to me what Jesus says. And if he tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. They may not like it, people may not like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. But here's one of the most important questions you must ask yourself. Does Christ live through you every day? Oh, yeah, Pastor, he does. But, man, that woman in the grocery store, she made me so mad. She cut in front of me with her big grocery cart. She had 15 items in her basket. It was a 10-item lane. Boy, that just smoked my guns. Couldn't she read the sign? Come on. That's how we get sometimes. Oh, I was waiting for this parking spot. Oh, it's a premium parking spot. And this guy just pulled right and took my spot. Boy, I wanted to get out of the car and give him a what for. Let him know. I was waiting for that spot. You know, I was going into work and I got there and everything was great. And then the wrong person came to the counter. and man, they just set me on fire. They kept asking the same question over and over. And then they got mad at me because I had to pay extra money because they couldn't understand why they should have to pay it. They were being robbed. I dealt with that this week. Lady came into the store. She put her stuff on the counter and She said, I'd like the contractor's price. I said, oh, okay, no problem. What's the contractor's name? Well, I don't have one. I said, oh, okay. I said, "Uh, what's your company name? Well, I don't have one. I said, well, how can I give you a contractor price if you're not a contractor? Well, because you give it to contractors. I said, I understand that but you're not a contractor. So you're going to make me pay full price? I said, no, I'm not going to make you pay anything because you could put all the stuff back on the shelf. You don't have to buy anything. But see, I work for a company, and they told me a contractor gets contractor pricing. You've got to put their company name in the computer, and then you give them contractor pricing. I said, and that's what I'll be glad to do if you tell me what your company name is. I don't have one. I said, well, I'm sorry, I can't give you contractor pricing. Well, just make up a name. I said, I can't do that either. Wow. 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 Listen, the point is this the point is this we must be ethical in all situations. No matter what the situation is, we have to be ethical. They, we, yeah, we could have fudged it and gave it to them, I'm sure. But then what am I telling God? Yeah. It's okay, I'll make something up. No. no. You see, church, people got to understand that Christ lives in us. And if Christ lives in me, I don't want to be doing anything bad because guess who's going to leave me? I'm going to choose to, okay. All right, God, I'm going to put you on the shelf for about 10 minutes, and I'll come back and get you. Let me take care of this woman's issue. And then I'll come back and get you and put you back in my life. No. He says he will never leave us forsaken. Once we ask him into our life and our heart, he's there. And guess what? That makes you a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how does Christ want you to live? We have to make tough decisions. And it can be difficult. Some of our decisions we make are difficult. They're not really difficult. You know why they're not difficult? Because I'm going to show you. Doris. you got that paper that I gave you, um, the right thing. This is one I was going to put in the bullet that I probably still will. But I want to read this. I wrote this yesterday. It's one of of the fresh ones. And this is what I I entitled it. I can't or I won't. In Luke 9, 59 through 62, he said to another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, what? What? Leave the dead, bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those in my home. And Jesus said unto him, what? No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So why is it that we feel that we can offer excuses when it comes to the things of church that would be ridiculous if we used them anywhere else? Have you ever wondered what would happen if we we were intense and committed to Jesus and our church as we are about sports? The following comments are often heard by people after they attend church. Can you imagine them saying these same things after attending a ball game? Listen carefully. The people I sat with didn't seem very friendly. Could you imagine coming out of a ball game and saying, hearing people talk like that? The seats were too hard and uncomfortable. The preacher never comes to my house to see me. Sometimes the preacher goes overtime and I'm late getting home to eat. The musicians, they play tunes I never heard before. Church time is scheduled when I want to be doing other things. I don't want to make my children go because I want them to choose for themselves what team is best. You see, we need to be very careful which excuses we choose. I can't or I won't. Although we often choose to say that we can't, it's really I choose, I won't. Is your excuse I can't or I won't? God has a plan, but never expects you to carry it out by yourself. He's going to see that it's carried out. He simply wants you to make yourself available as his instrument. You see, church, the New Testament church isn't I can't or I won't. It's I will with the Lord's help. You see, we must proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. We must stand for him. It's not I can't or I won't. It's, Lord, let your will be done in me or through me. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have called us to be Christian, Christ-like. And Lord, I pray that you will help us in our walk to be Christ like. Let us be like that church. Lord, we have faced the persecution. But Lord, now begin, allow us to begin to preach with the power. And the proof would be, Father, those coming to you. Lord, many things can distract us, many things will try to take us away from you. But this morning I pray, let your words, let your words direct us and guide us in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen.